welcome, everybody. It's time for the Manufacturing Talk Radio Show, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small, mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. With your hosts, Tim Grady and Lou Weiss. Hey, guys. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. How you doing, Tim? Good, good, Lou. Um, we're certainly excited to have Paul Roberts back with us today. Yes, sir. I'm always here and ready to roll here. <laughs> and uh, we're going to have Brad Holcomb join us in a minute, and we will we'll go over uh, a very exciting forecast that the Institute of Supply Management has put together for 2014. I think that's going to be really powerful for our listeners to hear. But before we do that, Lou, can you give us a postscript from last week's show? Be happy to. Uh, even though I wasn't here, I was uh, here in spirit, and I heard the show uh, live. Uh, Brad Holcomb was uh, kind enough to uh, give us his uh, uh, November uh, readout on uh, manufacturing in the U.S. Uh, there was a lot of great detail and uh, good information and uh, a, a good report uh, showing everything seemingly going in the uh, right direction. Uh, Tim Grady had asked uh, some very uh, deep questions uh, into some of the stats and the numbers, and uh, Brad was uh, good enough to uh, really delve into the numbers and uh, give everybody good insight into their particular industry that they're uh, involved with. Um, the uh, uh, we are going to be having uh, some questions, uh, email questions uh, sent in by email. If you'd like to send questions regarding this show as we are live, send it to live at mfgtalkradio.com. Uh, Tim, take it away. Uh, Brad, uh, thank you for joining us again today. We're very excited to, uh, to get uh, the word on this report that you folks have just released. Well, I'm excited to be here, and happy holidays to everyone. Gosh, thank you. Thank, uh, thank you much. Uh, Brad, before we get into uh, the forecast, what does the report say about how 2013 is wrapping up? Yes, let's kind of set the stage with that. Um, as we have reported in our monthly reports, manufacturing has been on a positive trend in the second half of uh, 2013 with the PMI increasing each month, month over month, for the last six months. And the PMI now in November is at 57.3. So uh, very, uh, very strong second half, certainly relative to the first half. And uh, just to give uh, a little bit of a uh, overview of how things are going to compare just at a high level, our panel is forecasting a continuation of that growth trend into 2014 with a good first half and an even better second half of 2014. Uh, revenues uh, is something that we ask our panel about and essentially represents their growth expectations. And for 2014, the expectation for 18 industries on average is 4.4%, again, revenue growth, compared to 3.4% as reported now for 2013. So there you have a couple of, uh, of numbers, 3.4% uh, reported for 2013 in terms of overall revenue growth. That's kind of the bottom line, if you will, and looking forward to 4.4% in 2014 as our, our forecast. Uh, Brad, this is Lou. Uh, do you see the PMI uh, come mid-year, uh, the total PMI number reaching 60 plus? That really is is hard to say. Um, and uh, honestly, there, there are periods of time when I, I personally don't like to see it at 60. I think if I go back uh, two years ago, the first half of 2011, if I'm recalling right, uh, we had some 60s, like four four months in a row in the first half, and then things started to slide after that. So I think the economy and manufacturing included got a little bit overheated. So what I rather think about is 
you know, incremental improvement. We're at 57.3 in November. And as long as we stay in that area, that represents some solid growth. Uh, we can't, we can't have things continuing to go up. Uh, because that's not realistic, and that's really not what we're looking for. But numbers in the high 50s are great. That's that's good. Uh, Brad, give us a couple of high level before we get into the report itself. Give us a couple of uh, high-level highlights about what the panel predicts for 2014. Yes, perfect. I've given you one uh, overall growth of 4.4%. I think that's a, a really good number. Another one that uh, is really interesting, uh, I think, is employment. Employment in manufacturing is expected to increase by 2.4% in 2014, and that compares with 1.7% reported for 2013 since April. So, again, 1.7% reported from for the last several months of 2013, since April, and now improving to 2.4% for 2014. That represents the, you know, continued uh, confidence that our manufacturing panel has in its entire forecast uh, for a solid year ahead. Okay, and for those of you who are following along, this report can be found at www.ism.ws. And you'll find it uh, right on the home page. If you scroll down to uh, the December 10 date, you'll find the December 2013 semi-annual economic forecast. And, Brad, maybe you can give us a uh, manufacturing summary of how uh, the forecast looks for 2014. Yes, and thanks for pointing everyone to that website. Uh, there are a lot of numbers here, a lot to be you know, sort of digested, if you will. I think each each individual can can also focus in on, on their specific industry, and we'll try to do some of that uh, in the next uh, 45 minutes. Uh, but it is 18 pages long, so there's a lot there, and it'd be great for your listeners to have that available by way of that website. In terms of an overall summary, uh, towards the back of this report, we list uh, several uh, aspects and dimensions uh, of manufacturing, and uh, let me let me go through the summary, and then we'll come back and we'll try to pick it apart a little bit. Uh, first of all, the operating rate is currently at 80.3 percent. That's really kind of a wrap-up number for 2013. 80.3 percent is right on our April forecast of 80.2 percent. That represents a pretty solid operating rate with a little bit of headroom for growth. When uh, when I get to 85%, I start to get uh, nervous about um, kind of bumping up against uh, our ceiling and having minimal flexibility. So that's a good number. Um, production capacity increased in 2013 by 5.2%. And capacity is expected to increase in 2014 by 6.3%. So uh, more than a point more in production capacity increase than 2013, 6.3% compared to 5.2%. So again, the confidence uh, really shown here by the panel. Uh, capital expenditures expanded, increased 12.3% uh, in 2013, and the number for 2014 is 8%. It's lower, but keep in mind that 8% is growth on top of 2013. So whatever 2013 was, and it was a good number, 8% more than 2013 for capital expenditures. And, and there again, indicating a great confidence. Um, in terms of, of pricing of raw materials, I think, you know, we're in very interesting territory. Um, prices of raw materials are, are pretty, you know, moderate in terms of increases. For the, the whole of 2013, it was less than 1%. 
when the dust settled. 0.9% as tallied by the panel for all of last year. Uh, for 2014, the year ahead, they're expected to increase a total of 1.6%. And, and that's pretty modest. And when you couple that with uh, a few of the other numbers here, uh, you'll be able to see how profit margins are expected to improve next year uh, as well. So 1.6% in terms of raw material pricing for 2014. Labor and, and in manufacturing, as, as your audience knows, most manufacturing companies that I'm familiar with have, you know, 50 to 70 percent, uh, you know, sort of, you know, parts content, uh, in, in their products in terms of the cost of, of goods. So, you know, these price increases of 1.6 percent with that much volume associated with it is, is really an important number. The, the next number is labor and benefits costs, whereas raw materials is, is very often, as I said, 50 to 70 percent. My experience in labor and benefits is maybe in the you know, 10 to 30 percent area, so it's less of a factor. It's expected to increase 2.3 percent in 2014. Uh, Brad, this is Lou. Uh, I just received an email uh, from one of our listeners, and I thought it might be appropriate to uh, interject. They ask, in view of uh, manufacturing increasing and improving, and this was something that Thomas Nett brought up to us on one of our previous shows as well, about the uh, talented workforce uh, shortage. Uh, how is that going to affect uh, this all this upward movement and improvement in the uh, marketplace? Uh, you know, very good. Yes, very, very good question. And we have some some hints along the way in the last few months of of some difficulties finding talented, uh, skilled labor. For example, in in textile mills, that's been in the headlines for some months now. Whereas there seems to be a lot of textile work coming back into the U.S. That workforce. Uh, has has moved on in in the past couple of decades. Now they're they're coming back and and requiring you know retraining and and reskilling. So that that's one area. But they seem to be over the hump. Um, another area is in, uh, uh, in in terms of some construction. You know, with the housing boom. Uh, doing well. There's there's been some some slowdowns associated with not being able to to find enough uh, qualified labor uh, for that market. Nevertheless, it also appears that they're overcoming that shortage uh, through really focused recruiting and and training. So, bottom line is, uh, you know, we don't predict that there's going to be you know any significant problems or holdups. Uh, related to that issue because, you know, U.S. manufacturing is pretty creative. They can go out and, uh, and not just find talent, but train talent, uh, to meet their needs, which is, you know, what they're motivated to do and they will do. Okay. Hope that's a good answer for. Yeah, for right the on questioner. the button. Thank you. Good. Uh, good. Uh, uh, Brad, um, the U.S. dollar um, is that is that expected to uh, to strengthen? What's happening with uh, with the U.S. dollar? Yes, the the U.S. dollar, and we track a number of uh, currencies against the dollar: the euro, the Canadian dollar, the British pound, the Japanese yen, the peso, uh, the Korean won, and uh, the Taiwanese dollar, and uh, we do anticipate that the dollar will strengthen on average uh, against uh, all of those currencies. Um, and, and so that uh, that's what the panel predicts there. Okay? Okay. Now, are there any other, uh, any other highlights uh, from this manufacturing summary we'd like to uh, have you get into before we take a commercial break in about three minutes here? 
Uh, yes, and it, it was good to break that up with a question because there's a long list here. And let me just continue. Um, export growth in the U.S. is expected to increase in 2014 and imports as well. So uh, we've seen some good robust numbers in the past several months that's expected to increase uh, and, and continue in that fashion in 2014. Uh, revenues, uh, as I mentioned, up 4.4%. Um, talk about the dollar. And then finally, we have sort of a you know, bottom line, what is your gut feel type question, the overall attitude of, of manufacturing. Uh, this is how we kind of sum it up. Optimistic outlook with 87% of our respondents predicting that 2014 will be the same or better than 2013. So I think that's a pretty good outlook. So that kind of sums up the summary uh, for now. And then we can uh, go back and, and look at some details. Oh, okay. I think when we uh, come back from a commercial break, we will uh, we will certainly do that. This certainly is is excellent news. It's probably the best news that we've heard coming out of the manufacturing sec sector in some time. Uh, we're very encouraged to hear it, and, and I certainly encourage people to look at this report as we go through it, and as you say, dissect it for their own particular uh, business or industry, because this is some very positive information. No, I agree, and I would float this all the way up to, you know, senior management, uh, to the CFOs, so that they can have this additional information and insight along with everything else they have uh, to, to outline their plans for next year. Great, great. And let's take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back in about 90 seconds. The Institute for Supply Management, also known as ISM, is a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply chain management professionals with more than 150 affiliates in more than 90 countries. ISM's mission is to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination, including the renowned ISM report on business that we're discussing today. For more information on any of their activities or reports, simply visit their website at wsism.ws. That's ism.ws. When you use the Premier Rewards Gold Card from American Express, the rewards points can keep on multiplying. Buy three with triple points on airfare. Buy two with double points on gas and groceries. And a single point for pretty much every other dollar you spend on the card. Then, start choosing from over a million rewards to redeem all those points. Apply today and the annual fee for the first year is on us. Call 1-800-AXP-GOLD or visit AXPGOLD.COM. The annual fee for the card is $175. See terms, conditions, and restrictions at AXPGOLD.COM. And let's take a second to uh, thank our sponsor for today's show, All Metals and Forge Group. All Metals and Forge Group is your best source for open die forgings and seamless rolled rings in alloy, carbon, stainless, and tool steels, nickel, aluminum, titanium, copper. For more information on any of the services they offer, simply visit their website at steelforge.com. You can even send us a request for a quote right on the website. That's steelforge.com. And now let's head back to our interesting look at uh, the ISM semi-annual report. Uh, welcome back, uh, Brad. Uh, it was an interesting uh, first portion of the show, giving us the survey uh, overview. Uh, you, I know you have a lot of additional stats to give us some specifics on uh, manufacturing. Uh, I would like to hear some of the uh, information perhaps available on some of the heavy industries, uh, machinery builders, uh, fabricated metals, uh, only because I'm in the metals industry. Uh, I think it might be pertinent if you had some uh, comments on that. Yes, uh, good. Let's try and drill down. If I, if we go to 
a manufacturing summary starting on the bottom of quote unquote page one, although I don't think the the internet version version has page numbers, but uh, we talk about um, an overall manufacturing summary and that 16 of our 18 manufacturing industries expect revenue improvement over 20, uh, uh, expecting uh, revenue improvement in 2014. So uh, in that list, and, and they're listed in the order of uh, most growth expected to least growth expected, and within that list, um, about halfway into the list is, is primary metals, okay? And um, at, actually at the end of the list is, is fabricated metal products. So those, those both certainly are related to what you all are, are focused on for the most part, and they are among the 16 industries expecting rever, uh, revenue improvement. This is good news over uh, last year, which was uh, pretty good, uh, but we're always looking to do more and better. Uh, Tim? Yeah, Brad, uh, why don't we uh, continue with your deep dive on this report, and I'm going to kind of let you lead the charge here. There's a, a lot of information to be uh, given to our listening audience, so I don't want to uh, I don't want to c- uh, cut in on you too, too much. Why don't you just take it away from here? Great. Um, I'd like to sort of shift gears a, a little bit here. We ask our panel, and again, our panel is about 350 uh, supply management professionals, uh, uh, longstanding within their companies across uh, the face of manufacturing in 18 different industries uh, in the USA. And we asked this panel two special questions uh, during this uh, December semi-annual report uh, period of time. And, and, and one question is, um, what improvements and improvement uh, processes do they plan on uh, on working on in 2014? Okay, and it's it's an interesting list uh, with uh, one, two, three, four, five different strategies listed in the order of frequency in which our panel um, indicated them. So. The, the first strategy to improve uh, their overall operations are to zero in on strategic sourcing and supply-based rationalization. This is honestly something that we've heard about, you know, quite often over the years, but it seems to be even enhanced uh, more so this time with more respondents indicating strategic sourcing and supply-based rationalization. You know, as a former chief procurement officer, what this means is is really combing through your supply base, kind of cleaning out the non-performers, if you will, uh, zeroing in on those that have performed best for you, probably finding some new suppliers to serve your company, and uh, in, in many, many cases, reducing the overall number of suppliers uh, to your business so that you can focus, get to know one another, and work well together. So that's number one. Uh, Number two is improvements in processes and information systems. Okay, so there's there's a lot of of that in mind as we go forward. Uh, Third is supplier relationship management, which is one of my favorite uh, things to, to have done in my career supplier relationship management, you know, working with those really strategic suppliers around performance and cost and quality and timeliness, uh, technology, et cetera. So this one happens to have floated up the list this year to a number three position. Then fourth is inventory management and control to just um, improve, continue and improve good solid management of of inventory uh, as we've pretty much seen this last year, but even more so uh, in the coming year. 
And then one that's that's a bit new on the list as we ask this question nearly every year is they're looking for improved cross-functional planning and scheduling. So, you know, a mix of, of diverse functions coming together, you know, including all the way from procurement to sales and manufacturing and production and everything in between to look at schedules, to look at plans, to work them all the way back through the company so that everybody's on the same page and can, can be uh, efficient. That's where people are going to pour their, their development energy in to improve manufacturing next year. Okay. There's, there's another question which, um, you know, we, we, we say, you know, tell us what your most important problems facing, facing business in 2014. Mm-hmm. And you can think of these as problems or you can think of them as opportunities. But there's a list of, uh, you know, six or eight uh, items here which are really in the forefront of people's minds. They may be hurdles. They may be problems. They may be opportunities uh, and things that are going to drive the business next year. Uh, number one is uh, domestic sales growth. Uh, and and these percentages will add up to 100%. So that gets a full 32% uh, of the vote. Domestic sales growth, one-third thinks that's the most important uh, thing to do well at. The second is international sales growth at 18%. Now we get into, those are perhaps pretty obvious things. We all need growth, and, and this year we split it into domestic and international to get some delineation. And so we have 32% for domestic, 18% for international. The third one on the list is healthcare reform uncertainty with almost 15%. Right? It's not the cost, but it's the uncertainty uh, for for businesses of all size sizes. Because if, if everyone's like me, I can't quite figure it out. Okay. <laughs> uh, the the fourth one uh, is pointing a, a finger at Washington uh, as well. Ongoing government shutdown and debt ceiling concerns at thirteen and a half percent. You know, the, the problems that we had, you know, this last fall going through that, it's not over. There's going to be a continuation of these things, but hopefully uh, things will get resolved before there are problems. But, again, these are on people's minds as, as concerns. The next on the list, I think we're down to number five, government regulations. That's about 10% more and more regulations. You know, some very appropriate, some maybe, you know, people will question. Then next on the list is the health care cost at about 8.5%. Finally, the last two not really big issues on people's minds, inflation, only 3.4% uh, uh, out of 100% uh, here, and then taxes, you know, half a percent. So. Uh, there's the list of things that are uh, on people's minds, whether they consider them problems or opportunities or simply things that they have to focus on and, and overcome. Uh, Brad, this is Lou. Uh, we did just receive an uh, email from John from Chicago. Uh, he's asked uh, if capital equipment investment is, uh, along with all the rest of your improved numbers, is that in, is that expected to increase and uh, to what rate? Yeah, great question. You know, capital expenditures is is always uh, kind of a good sign or a sign of uh, you know of growth and expectation. And uh, we've got fifteen of our industries showing an increase in capital expenditures for twenty thirteen, um, and then for for 2014, we've got you know 13 industries predicting increases for, for 2014. So in the same same neighborhood. Now let's just look at 2014 in, in some detail. Um, uh, on that list includes machinery. Uh, it includes uh, primary metals. So those are among the 13 list. And let me just 
scan as well. Fabricated metal products is also uh, pretty high up on the list. So I think those are related to the special interests of, of your audience. And uh, let's look at the overall uh, number. Uh, I think I mentioned it briefly, 8% increase in capital expenditures expected in 2014 over last over uh, 2013. Well, that's all music to my ears, Brad. Thank you. Uh, Tim? Yeah, Brad, uh, there are some other uh, areas of the report here. Uh, I know that the report, just so the listeners know, also covers non-manufacturing. So for those of you who are not in the manufacturing industry and are listening to us from a non-manufacturing perspective, uh, this report goes into a good deal of detail there as well. Um, but, Brad, why don't you continue with uh, your comments on the manufacturing sector? Thank you. Yes, and, and, and certainly thanks for pointing out uh, non-manufacturing is, is a huge component. Uh, you know, some people call it the services industry, but it virtually covers everything but manufacturing. Uh, it has equal weight in this report. There are side-by-side you know, tables and comparisons uh, for all of those industries as well. Okay. You know, if you, if we talked, you, Brad. If talk, you wouldn't mind, you want to give us you know kind of a quick overview of because it it is equally weighted. What it includes? Um, yes, let me just kind of touch on uh, a, a few of the overall summaries, which one can find towards the end of this overall report for for non manufacturing. Um, whereas the manufacturing operating rate is currently at 80.3%, non-manufacturing is 86.3%, so a full six points higher, and I would say that that's really a kind of a squeaky point um, and uh, certainly subject to, to increasing uh, their capacity as we look forward to, to 2014. In fact, uh, the capacity expect is expected to increase by 1.9% in 2014. Uh, capital expenditures are expected to increase 4.6% in 2014. Uh, pricing is very, very similar to, to ours. They expect 1.9% increase. Uh, they cover some of the same uh, commodities, such as fuel and, and steel and and things like that, but also uh, many different ones. Labor and benefits, 2.6%. Uh, I think ours was 2.3%. So this gives kind of some checks and balances uh, between manufacturing and non-manufacturing. Uh, if things were, were way different, then my colleague and I would, would zero in and try and figure that out. But uh, great comparisons here. Employment, uh, which is on everyone's mind, is expected to increase 2.1% in 2014 in non-manufacturing. They also expect uh, growth in exports and imports, and then revenues are expected to be up 3.6% in 2014 compared to manufacturing's 4.4%. Uh, so uh, a similar expectation for a good solid year next year, I think uh, we're, we're going to help each other uh, in terms of manufacturing and non-manufacturing uh, as we go forward. Brad, you had uh, mentioned a moment ago about uh, exports, and uh, we spoke earlier about it as well. Uh, Europe uh, continuing to see and have problems. Uh, there seems to be great interest in uh, South America. Uh, particularly uh, Brazil. Do any of your numbers, uh, uh, export numbers, reflect specifically the South American markets? Well, we, we, we don't have that fine of a, a delineation. Uh, it, it's, and one of the, the things that a lot of people mention, economists, Wall Street, uh, the Fed, people that we talk to is, the, the simplicity of this report and the timeliness of this report is is really second to none. And and so uh, a lot of times we'll have you know higher level numbers than 
than some people really, really want. But that's the nature of the report that allows us to get this out in the most timely fashion and present uh, our, our numbers and our views as leading indicators for other things that will come along. So all we can say in terms of export is that uh, 16 of our industries are expecting growth in exports during the first half of 2014 and included on that list, once again, our primary metals, machinery, and fabricated metals products along with a host of others. That's pretty specific, and I appreciate the uh, great detail that you gave me on that. Thank you. Uh, Brad, um, before we take a commercial break here uh, in a minute or so, I just wanted to uh, remind the audience and, and have you go into it a little bit that while this is the December forecast, you also update this report. It's in April. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, that's why we call these semi-annual reports. This December report is uh, the biggest and the baddest, if you will. It's uh, most comprehensive, and it's the first look at 2014. It also sort of puts uh, the, the current year in the drawer. We do update the uh, this December report in the April or May, late April or early May time frame. It varies sometimes from year to year. And we look at how well we forecast to that point in the first uh, portion of the year. And then we tune up the forecast for the balance of the year. And uh, that, that should be very interesting as well. Great. Okay. We're going to, uh, break for a commercial here. We'll be back in about 90 seconds, and Brad will do a little more deep dive in a few select areas of the December 2014 forecast. All Metals and Forge Group an ISO 9001 and AS9100 registered company provides manufacturing and industrial companies with quick price and delivery quotes and clean quality forgings for all their parts. From aircraft engines and landing gears to gear blanks and downhole shafts, hubs or subs. Go to steelforge.com and you can even send us your request for quote right on the site. For any open die forgings or seamless rolled rings from 20 pounds to over 80,000 pounds. For more information, simply visit steelforge.com. Do you want a free analysis of your inbound marketing? Do you want it in 30 seconds or less? Then check out Marketing Grader, the free marketing tool from HubSpot. It's simple. Just go to marketinggrader.com. Enter the URL that you want to analyze, and Marketing Grader will instantly give you a detailed report grading your lead generation, mobile marketing, social media, competitive benchmarking, and more. It's simple, it's powerful, and it's free. MarketingGrader.com. And just a quick reminder that the Institute for Supply Management, also known as ISM, is a not-for-profit educational association that serves more than 40,000 supply management professionals with over 150 affiliates in more than 90 countries. ISM's mission is to enhance the value and performance of procurement and supply chain management practitioners and their organizations worldwide. They do this through education, research, standards of excellence, and information dissemination like we're talking about today, including the renowned ISM Report on Business. For more information about all their products and services, simply visit their website at ism.ws that's www.ism.ws and now back to our continuing conversation on the semi-annual forecast report Well, welcome back, everyone. Uh, Brad, we're certainly looking forward to uh, some more of the uh, either the high points or the deep dive issues you want to get into in the next uh, 10 minutes or so. So go ahead and uh, share with our audience uh, what you'd like to do. Great. Thank you. We talked about exports, so in fairness, let's talk about imports a little bit, and then uh, we'll look at uh, business revenue uh, expectations 
for the uh, first and second half of, of next year and try to zero in on some industries. First in, in imports, and let me, let me clarify again, imports generally represents raw materials uh, from abroad. Exports generally represents finished product, um, sometimes sub-assemblies, um, and so there's a, a little different uh, uh, nature to imports and exports. So for imports, we have 13 industries represent uh, expecting growth in imports for the first half of 2014. That's as far as we go in the case of imports and exports. And on the list, uh, fairly high up, and number three is primary metals. Then in about the middle is fabricated uh, metal products. So, again, expecting good uh, good action in both exports and imports. Okay. Now, for 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 business uh, revenue uh, predictions, we have uh, 16 industries expecting revenue growth. And on the list are primary metals and fabricated metal products. Okay, so those are right there. But again, 16 industries representing growth. And, and of course, while we list these specific industries and get responses from them, certainly there's a lot of interconnectivity um, between, you know, quite quite a number of these. For example, in, in housing and in, in auto. That would uh, relate to, to several of these uh, different industries uh, as you kind of roll it up to those product lines. Now I'd like to talk about uh, the business uh, uh, comparisons and expectations for the first half uh, of 2014 compared to the last half of 2013, and then the second half of 2014 compared to the first half. And the lists are a little different, and I think it will be interesting. We've already said that the panel expects the second half to be even better than the first half of next year, and that the first half is better than the current uh, half that we're in in 2013. So for the first half of 2014, compared to the last half of 2013, there are 14 industries expecting improvements, and on that list are primary metals and fabricated metal products, okay, but not machinery. In the case of our expectation for the second half of 2014, uh, there are 17 industries listed compared to 14 for the first half, and on that list are fabricated metal products, primary metals, and machinery. Uh, so more industries, uh, more that represent sort of the overall metals uh, complex and, and related interests. And so that's something that people can, you know, look more deeply at um, and um, assist with their planning for next year, both first half and second half. Okay. Um, just to remind our listeners, uh, we are uh, really pleased to have uh, Brad Holcomb as our guest today. He's been on the show uh, twice before. Uh, when the monthly ISM number has been released on the first working day of the month, about 10 a.m. in the morning, and those shows are available at manufacturingtalkradio.com. You can also find them going through steelforge.com and listen to those shows because the exciting thing, Brad, about those sh those shows that you did uh, is that you really gave the listener the, the kind of the, the bigger picture, more in-depth, more detail that went so far beyond just the number that it was really impressive. And I think that's the same thing that this forecast is doing, and we really appreciate you presenting it. Oh, it, it's my pleasure. And I, 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 I've... I've said this for, for a few years now. I think this semi-annual report in December is as valuable or more valuable to the practitioner, people that are working in these, uh, in these positions, in these industries, than even our, our monthly, although those, those are golden as well. 
but uh, there, this forecast is, is unique. It's different than the month-to-month. Lots of value that I think uh, can be beneficial if folks uh, have the opportunity to, to dig in. Uh, Brad, uh, we have uh, another email from one of our listeners. It's Jim from New Jersey. Um, I'm not sure if this is something that falls into your bailiwick of expertise, but let's take a shot at it. Uh, The question is, uh, when a company is looking to minimize its supplier base, what are some uh, things as a supplier can you do to stay in favor of companies looking to minimize their supplier base? It's all yours. Okay, great. Um, you know, for, for your listeners, uh, you know, my uh, so I'm going to step away from the report itself and draw on my experience uh, being chief procurement officer of five uh, largely Fortune 500 companies over the past 20 years. This honestly has been my focus, and that is to to really. Uh, pick our suppliers on purpose, as as I like to say. That's an expression I've used for 20 years, picking our suppliers on purpose through a process. And the process I refer to as total customer satisfaction. As a manufacturer, I want to be totally satisfied with my purchasing experience from my suppliers. So I work long and hard to let my suppliers know exactly what my expectations are. And it's not just price, it's not just quality, it's not just one thing or another or, you know, a topic of the month. It's five things. Uh, First, it's product and technology leadership. Then it's service and support leadership. Then it's quality. Uh, Then it's, um, you know, lead lead time and and timeliness. And then finally, price competitiveness. Now, notice that I didn't say rock-bottom pricing. I mean competitive pricing. And if you have all of those things um, in mind and you, you you set expectations of your suppliers and then you measure them, let's say, on a scale of 1 to 5 or even use a traffic-like model, you know, green, yellow, red, uh, according to those five different dimensions, you work with those key suppliers. You have quarterly meetings to talk about, you know, how they're doing against our expectations. Uh, that's really good stuff, and it's helpful to the companies and it's helpful to the suppliers to get on the same page. Uh, and that's what's really, really important. Uh, great, a lot of great. The, the, let me just say the very best suppliers will be all over it, and they'll say, "I can do that." because the best suppliers can literally do it all for you. Great response, Brad. I appreciate that. Uh, we do have one uh, more email that I've been looking at. And, uh, I think it's uh, pertinent. Again, I'm not sure you're going to be able to respond to it, but if you do as good a job as on the last question, uh, we're thrilled. Uh, this is uh, Royce from France uh, asking, are your panel members in the steel industry pretty much unanimous or ununanimous regarding the 2014 forecast for their products? Uh, The questions get harder as we go along. (laughs) Well, they they do, but you can actually, you know, I'd have to delve into the the report, but uh, we will have a delineation in each industry of those who say it's going to be better it's going to be the same or it's going to be worse. Okay, so one, whatever industry you're in can kind of zero in and, and look at that in terms of response. Um, and I, I, I don't really know uh, what the delineation was for the steel industry. Sorry, Royce. Well, we'll just drive the traffic to your website to read the, all 18 pages. Uh, uh, Tim? Very good. Uh, Brad, before we wrap up here, uh, I know that the uh, Labor Department looks at this report and your monthly reports. Uh, how does what you're projecting for 2014 uh, dovetail, if it does, into what the Labor Department expectations are, if you can answer that? Well, as we 
as we go along from month to month each year, we do correlate uh, with the Bureau of Labor Statistics manufacturing employment figures. In fact, we're, we're a leading indicator, and we come out with our reports several days before the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, comes out. And, you know, in general, uh, you know, they are highly correlated, and so our news will, generally speaking, be reflected in, in their news. And so... You know, I, I suspect that, uh, uh, you know, our numbers for 2014, uh, will, will serve in that same way to, uh, to give people a, a heads up and a leading indicator of, of what's really to come. Okay, great. Uh, Lou? Uh, Brad, uh, I just wanted to mention uh, we're coming up on near the end of the show, and there may be some uh, folks who did not hear the beginning of the show. Uh, I just wanted to announce that uh, the uh, podcast will be available on uh, our manufacturer.com. Uh, manufacturedtalkradio.com about 15 minutes after the show's completed. Um, and uh, you can listen to the entire show there. And uh, Tim, you can take it away. Great. Uh, Brad, let me once again thank you for being our guest. Uh, we certainly appreciate the, the information that you're able to share with our listeners. And I think it's really important for them to understand the depth of information that the ISM produces. Um, Lou, we want to also thank uh, uh, All Metals and Forge Group and SteelForge.com for being the sponsor of the show. Um, we've uh, been very excited about this uh, this look at manufacturing, and it seems like a nice dovetail between ISM and, and uh, All Metals and Forge Group. Thank you much, and I believe that uh, the next uh, show uh, will be on January 7th, and uh, Brad Holcomb should be giving us the December and year-end wrap-up at that time. Thanks, Brad. I appreciate your uh, being a, a, almost a permanent guest on our show. Well, I'm really thankful for this opportunity to, to talk about uh, manufacturing and our reports, and, and hopefully your listeners have come away with something that they can use uh, in their planning and their work for next year. Thank you much. Tim. And I think that pretty much wraps it up for today's uh, version of Manufacturing Talk Radio. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You've been listening to Manufacturing Talk Radio, the only show that takes a look at the obstacles and opportunities open to small to mid-sized enterprises to manufacture here in America. Brought to you by All Metals and Forge Group. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.